Hello, and welcome to the Inside the Orange podcast, the podcast all about understanding the people around us. My guest today is a fellow podcaster. He lives in the US, and he has two podcasts out, It's Pronounced Football and The Songwriters Lounge. This is Inside the Orange podcast with Tom Burt called Crossing the Pond. Let's get into the episode. So my guest today is Tom Burt. He is the uh, co-host of the Songwriters Lounge podcast and the It's Pronounced Football podcast. Um, so Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm good, here, mate. Thank you very much. I'm going to get it out nice and early that we're, uh, well, not only friends through podcasts, but we're actually family as well. We're actually cousins. Uh, so it's nice to be a fellow podcaster with a family member online as well. So um, how's your day been so far? It's been good, mate. It's been good. Uh, lots of audio troubles on, on my end with uh, recording the podcast. Like I did two podcasts yesterday. I'm right now trying to... So someone just asked me to write acoustic guitar for one of their tracks. So I've been trying to record that. Spent like two hours doing it yesterday, then realized that it wasn't recording. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I, it's I feel you, <laughs> Uh But yeah, man, just cracking on, you know, working from home at the moment because of COVID and which is, I actually really enjoy it, to be honest. Um, and yeah, just just cracking on, excited to chat. Brilliant. Yeah, no, as I say, thank you for coming on the show today. As I say, you have helped me behind the scenes get this podcast sorted out. But you mentioned your, your bits and pieces there around the podcast and obviously the acoustic, uh, the, the, the writing as well. Um, so most pressing question I'm going to ask is, obviously, music is a massive part of your life. So you do the podcast uh, with Andrew Bryan, uh, sorry, Andy Bryan, the Songwriters Lounge. How did that come about? Um, well, COVID kit. So I live in Indianapolis right now in, in the States. And for about a year, I was helping this startup get up off the ground. And it was like a recording studio, a rehearsal studio. And then COVID happened. So I didn't get to do that anymore. And I, I was just going a little bit crazy um it kind of stuck me to just working with musicians in indianapolis and i just wanted to branch out there and start working with loads of people so i just started this page just for my own sanity to be honest and then it quickly grew i met andy through the page he's also a songwriter producer musician from glasgow and we just hit it off and i was like hey we should just start a podcast and he he was into the idea and here we are now we're like almost two months in we've got we just recorded our ninth episode and we've worked with songwriters from complete beginners to like grammy award-winning songwriters so massive spectrum it's for everyone it's for all songwriters and musicians and you'll get to hear some new music which is always fun for us being the, the hosts we get to listen to new music every week and it's just it's just a lot of fun, man. And it's something that I never thought I'd get into podcasting. But then you realize you're just having a chat with a mate about something you love. So it's like, and if people want to listen to that, then I'm all in. Like, it's so, I mean, I've only been doing Songwriters Lounge for what, seven, eight months now, but loving it, man. I mean, I'm hoping it will really take off in the next couple of years and we'll see where it takes us. But yeah, it's exciting, man. Yeah, it's really good. So um, listening to your show, you're very much the, um, and this is no disrespect to Andy or for yourself, Andy's very lyrical and you're much more the music. Is that is that fair to say? Andy is just the lyric man. He's He used to be a vocalist in a band, a very good lyricist and songwriter himself. So he, even though I noticed the lyrics, I think that's Andy's the mate. Like he just picks it out and it touches him every song he listens to, which is awesome for someone like me because he'll pick something out of a song and I'll think, wow, he's absolutely right. Um, we were actually laughing on the episode we just <laughs> we just filmed because we pick out very similar things. Because we, we don't, I, I hate to say critique, so we listen to new songs and we speak about what we love about it and then we like do like a quote-unquote critique, but it's not a critique. It's like in this world... If I have a song I want to release, I'll send it to up to 10 people and just be like, listen, rip it apart. Tell me what you like and what you don't like. And that's how you grow. And that's how you learn 
maybe oh well, maybe i produced this a bit funny let's go back and do it again or maybe you know there's a better kick drum sample i could use or a, like a, a lead line i could add or something and that's what we're trying to create an atmosphere for just that nothing is negative so we'll listen to a song and i'll say i very much do pick out the music other than the lyrics unless the lyrics are outstanding which we have had a few that the lyrics are just unbelievably good but i really listen for the music and I, it's just where my ear goes and not being a singer myself it's just something that you know i connect with the, the lyrics of course but the music if the music's good i'm all in and it's the same for andy but i think andy does pick out lyrics better than i do and it, it, it's one of those things where like it's a great partnership because he'll pick that out and then i'll pick something else out and he'll be like well i i would have never picked that out and vice versa so we just bounce off each other nicely no i think that's i mean that's what good songwriters do isn't it i suppose and you know i think you uh you're very humble in saying about the critique and i don't think there's anything wrong with that because if you believe in what you are doing then sometimes you need to be able to take the criticism even if you think you know no one needs to think that that what they've put out is the best thing in the world it can always be well this is what i'd have done and music is such an interpretation anyway then there's nothing wrong with that so as i say it's, it's very humbling that you do say you don't want to pull things <laughs> apart and i get that and well, i'm sure you know it's just one of those things man because in the movie and tv business it's very critique heavy they'll sit down with rooms full of people rip everything apart oh i, I found it hard to follow this storyline and i just music isn't like that until you get to a massively high level if you're signed to a label then they do sit down and have listening sessions so trying to make that just bringing awareness to that is important i think and it's as i said nothing is negative it's all like hey man this will improve your music so you know everyone's got a different ear different opinion and those opinions are oftentimes amazing and something that completely slips your mind and it's just just bringing an awareness to that is is key i think that's good i was uh, talking to a friend of mine the other day um and i'd love to get your opinion on it so um we were talking about is there such a thing as a bad song um well i don't there is but again it's a matter of mindset i think so is it a bad song or is it an incomplete song? And this is all goes back to the critique thing I was just speaking about. Send it around to people. And if you if you surround yourself with a community of people that are honest and have only got your best interests at heart, which oftentimes humans do, which unless you have a, you have a few bad eggs, of course, but if you surround yourself with the right people that will say, hey, man, like, I don't like this bridge. It, it doesn't fit the song. It's like you've got five different elements and you're just throwing it together there's no thought behind it so of course if you listen to, to music and think oh this isn't this is a bad song but it could have some great ideas so i just think people rush into it too much and they just want to release something mm. instead of just take a step back and think actually yeah i'd like to get opinions on this before i release it and just making that more of a thing because the you listen to music all the time and you, I just think, oh, that's produced terribly. I wish they took more time to, to to find a good producer. And I mean, it's the same, again, with the movie and TV business, you, you pick out directors and you think, I love a good Quentin Tarantino film, for example. He will do something different with his film than another director will. Mm. It's the same with producers. Like, producers don't get enough love because of what they can add. And they could... That very much if you've been in a real recording studio with a real producer and you play something they will just and it, it hits you really hard at first and you, you your pride takes a massive knock when they're like you know I don't like it happens to me in my old band when I was a drummer sat down with a guy that's produced hit after hit after hit I'm playing my drums he's like you know what I don't like that beat and you're not playing it well stick to a beat that you can play well and of course, it's, you're like, whoa, did he just call me a bad drummer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but no, what he was doing was saying, like, this mic will pick up everything you do wrong. And guess what? I can't fix it. Mm. Stick to something you're comfortable with and it will sound 10 times better. And 
if you if you get in the process of taking these criticisms and critiques of certain bits on board and think actually he's absolutely right yes then it, it comes down to that i think it's all mindset but of course like you'll hear a song and think yep maybe this isn't the best mm. but I, I i struggle to find a really bad song i just think it's incomplete oh, that's honest of you to say so which songwriters and musicians inspire you? Who do you look at as the Premier League of these guys? Freddie Mercury. Oh, good man. Well said. <laughs> uh, Brian May. To be honest, all four of the Queen members, Roger Taylor, you know, John Deacon. I think they're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, John Mayer, more recently, I mm. think is a fantastic songwriter. Again, very thoughtful in his process. If you ever watch one of his like seminars he does, he thinks through every single aspect of the song. Um, there's a guy in Nashville called Brett James. He writes music in all kinds of genres. Just fantastic songwriter. Um, but for me, like it's the same. If someone asked me, who do you think the best musicians are in the world and best songwriters, they're two different things. But songwriters, I, I just can't get away from how much of a work of art Bohemian Rhapsody is. Mm. So I, I will always say Freddie Mercury is my favourite songwriter. Yeah. There's there's something about Bohemian Rhapsody, as I say, even now. I think it's still such a complex story or whatever. You know, I don't ever think they've ever released what it's all about. But I, I, I believe it myself to be about six songs into, into one song. Um, yeah, I think so. That tells I think a story. he had like ideas, yeah. Mm. And, and then yeah, if you listen to like the behind the scenes stuff and there's like a video where Brian May takes you through each track in the recording session and he's like you know this is a bit where freddie was like brian you can just do a solo here and it like without the solo it's so not the same so it really is an instance of all four of those guys adding everything but the original inspiration is freddie mercury and i suppose from a from a production level with Bohemian Rhapsody, it is very layered, isn't it? As you say, there is a bit, you know, there is so many parts to the song, overdubbing, overdubbing. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing song, but did they run the risk there of ruining it with too much? Or what, what do you feel about that? Maybe, but the good thing is they recorded everything on tape. Now it's like, it would be too much if it's in software, I think. Hmm. But because it's tape and it, like, they had... With tape, there's no auto-tune. There's no... You can't fix the time. So they had to be incredible musicians. The harmonies they're singing had to be the right note, the right key, the right time, which is way easier said than done. Like, if you've ever tried to record a harmony, everything throws you off, and they're listening to a full production and just singing all these crazy high harmonies, crazy low harmonies. So they ran the risk, but I think that's what made Queen Queen. Like, no one else can do it, and they were just showing off their musicianship. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, on songwriting, so what's your advice to any songwriter out there, other than to listen to the songwriters lounge with you and Andy? Obviously, what's what advice would you give? Um, it's so overwhelming when when you're trying to write songs, and it's something in life that just can frustrate you beyond belief because you 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 feel as though that you're not as good as other people but you've just got to keep in mind that everyone is different you have to be bad at something before you're good at it no one ever picks up a guitar as like and, and can play music like you have to learn step by step and it's one of those it won't happen overnight and just keep going through the bad times like through the times where you do pick up a guitar or start playing piano thinking this doesn't sound good it's probably a bad idea. Move on. It, again, it's like it's so much in life is about mindset. And if you, I will never sit down and write a song if I've told myself, "Hey, in ten minutes' time, I better write a new song," because it doesn't happen like that. You have to ride the wave of inspiration, which we speak about a lot on the podcast. Because a lot of people are like, "How do you overcome writer's block?" You can't. That's the thing that hits, and you just you can't do it. You have to just know I'm not in the best space right now to write music. Guess what? I'm not a professional songwriter. I don't have to sit down and send the song out to 
sell it right now. I'll try again next, and it, as soon as that inspiration hits, and you'll know when it hits, you'll write a way better song than you ever realized. So, mindset, ride the wave, and just realize that not everyone has it all figured out. No, not everyone's thought, John Mayer. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. I, I and I encourage my listeners to to check out the Songwriters Lounge on on um, it's on Apple Music. I'm sure there's plenty. Yes, yeah, on everything. Everything yeah. good, man. But there was one bit in the very early episode where you said. If a song came to you, even if you were at a family do or something, you would just have to go and write it down. Even if you had to make an excuse to disappear for five minutes, you know, yeah. is that's what you're saying, isn't it? Just give yourself yeah, it, that. It, if it comes, it comes, you know. Someone will say something, and I'm sure it's happened at our family get-togethers in the past, where someone will say something, you think, wow, that's a bloody good lyric. <laughs> like, and you, I can't, you can't stop thinking about it. And you're like, okay, I better go and write that down. Like, excuse me, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Go and write it down or like get your phone because you can record voice memos now. My, my phone is full of hundreds of voice memos from things. And just realize that it is like going to happen like that. There's going to be times where you think, I'm just walking the dog right now, but I better just sing it into my phone and people are going to think I'm a tit. But, you know, like it just hits at all kinds of times, but it's great. Yeah, it's brilliant. I want to talk to you about your your other love in life, other than your wife, of course. But uh, I want to talk about football. So tell me about the importance of football in your life. Now, I'll just clarify football. Not soccer, yeah. This this is this is the English. Never call it soccer. (laughs) Good man. Never call it soccer. I mean, uh, as I said earlier, I live in in the states now, and our podcast is named "It's Pronounced Football," and that's my subtle dig to this whole country. Like, how can you change the name to something you didn't invent? (laughs) Shut up, sit down. And they call their NFL football. It's it's like an aggressive game of catch. I don't know if you've ever watched the NFL. How is that? Of football but they of course tried to ride the wave of what we did for football so yeah whatever but football massive part of my life um you know i watch as many games as i can and i i get it from our granddad because our granddad would sit down all day watch game after game after game after game in his little chair (laughs) (laughs) and I'm the same I could happily sit down and watch game after game after game after game and it just doesn't bore me and especially I'm a Spurs fan so because we're playing well at the moment it's even better so massive part of my life man like all of my social medias like I only really follow football accounts to be honest because it interests me that much it's something that I hope to coach one day. I hope to coach like, you know, a kid's team maybe. Mm. But yeah, I love him, man. I, I was so much so that like started a second podcast. <laughs> mm. No, and you know, I'm pleased you mentioned, as I said earlier in the episode, that obviously we're related, we're cousins. So our grandfather, also with music, he was big into his music. Yeah, um, he, was, yeah. he, he, loved a, he loved a decent bit of music. But yeah, I can think of most Saturday, Sunday afternoons sitting, even watching the index come through for the final scores through to yep. an entire Sunday watching the first game to the last game, you know. Um, and yeah, as I say, as, as I've mentioned many times in my podcast, I'm a, I'm a Watford boy. I've, you know, I've been down to, to Vicarage Road with yourself when you were a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember. I've still got the... the... I've still got the program somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. For most right. of those games, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I say, I think it was a massive part of growing up. So, you know, and uh, and it's, you've been to the, have you been to the new Spurs stadium, by the way? Just. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I've yeah. heard some stories. Amazing. Yeah, we, w- we watched, so my wife and I came over last September and we took my brother Josh down to see Spurs Southampton. Um, we were down to 10 men with, with like after 10 minutes because Sergio Aurier got sent off. But luckily, we won the game 2-1. Um, amazing stadium. Like Even if you're not a Spurs fan, go down, take a tour because it is remarkable. And uh, have you caught the um, the documentary on a certain... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> certain stations? Watch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I love all that behind-the-scenes stuff. I've watched all of those Amazon All or Nothing with like Man City. There's a Leeds documentary. I'm a big fan of Leeds at the moment as well. But when 
Tottenham one came out, I was, you know, I was 12 midnight. As soon as the episode came out, I watched the whole episode. Like, loved it, mate. And do you think it's important that, that, that football clubs now are starting to show a little bit more of what's behind the scenes so you can see more as a fan? Do you think it's important? I think so, especially with, like, you know, everything that goes on. Like, there's so much, like, so much hatred in football as well. Like, you hate the other team, but you've got to realise that they're just normal guys. Like, yeah, they get paid an awful lot of money and they, they're just incredibly good at this sport, but they have families they have to go home to. And like, I just saw something this morning that obviously the Jordan Pickford on Virgil van Dijk, horrible challenge, should have been sent off and punished. But he's had to go out and hire bodyguards mm. because the Liverpool fans are like threatening his life. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's a mistake. It's a bad challenge, but he didn't do it to hurt him. Probably. I don't know. I don't know what his character's like, but I'm sure he didn't. No, and it's a competitive game, isn't it? As again, you know, no, I'm sure no player goes out to, you know, potentially end the career of another player, as in no one would do it in any other walk of life, you know. But, yeah, I think sometimes, and again, it's different because obviously it was a derby, so I think a lot of a lot of heightened things get into those kind of scenarios, don't they, and games, and I think it's more comes out of afterwards than, than you know, just an innocuous clash, you know. Um, so you mentioned there, I mean, I love the title of the podcast, so it's pronounced football. I mean, as soon as, as soon as I saw that, knowing that you live in the States, I got it. I knew exactly what yeah. it meant. So you don't do that on your own. So where, where did that kind of, where did, how did that kind of come to life with that? Cause you've got co-hosts on that as well, haven't you? Yeah. So that's my mates, Steve-O and Bratso. Bratso is from Bosnia. steve is from Nigeria. They both live here now. So, you know, they also have the football is a massive part of their their cultures and their lives and i met steve-o at a, a party he plays for the indianapolis rugby team so big guy great athlete man united fan sadly but <laughs> <laughs> they get everywhere don't they <laughs> they spread don't they um and then Brazo, when i first moved here i was looking for a football team to join because I, I play myself three or four times a week and he, I went to a local place, put my name and you know number there, and was like, "If you know a team looking for a player, I'll play." And then, like within an hour, Brato texted me asking to join his team, and then, yeah, we're like really good mates ever since. And so now, like they're two of my best mates, and we were in this group chat. There's about six of us, and just what we were reading was just like, you know, we we all know a lot about the sport and a lot about the league. And we were just like, we should just start a podcast because we're, we're chatting away and getting this heated. We also, like, Brato's a Chelsea fan, I'm Spurs, Steve-O's United. So there's clashing thoughts and feelings there. And it, it just makes for a fun environment for us just to sit down and chat to your mates about football. But, yeah, I mean, that was one of the ones that people started really liking it really quick because it's just such a different mash of opinion so that was a lot of fun I, I still love doing that every time we do it it's just finding the time to do that like mm. coordinate between three guys is hard but no absolutely a lot of fun man yeah absolutely I, you know i know the difficulty in getting in one podcast out there so to, you know to do two i take my hat off to you and <laughs> obviously to work as well so exactly being a being a brit in america so how did you find the differences in culture i mean it's not a, it's not a very different but there is a change of culture to obviously growing up in the UK and did music and football help with that? Did it, did it kind of bridge some gaps? And obviously you did also growing up, spend some time in Australia. So how does it all compare into that? How does it all kind of synergize with that? I see, this is what I thought. And a lot of people do that. The culture is not that different. It is vastly different. Like I was shocked when I first came here and like one of the first questions people ask you is like, what you do for a living. And, and like, that's, it's a, to, to me being English is a very impersonal question. Mm. So at first I was like, why are you asking that? Like, do you not care about me? Like you just <laughs> care about what I do for a living. But now I've spent three years here to them. That is a very personal question because their life is work and school. Mm. And that's just how everything is here. So, accepting that was something that took me a while 
like such a huge part of their lives here and it's something that's not a big part of our lives no, really no. like yeah, you're right like we, we you know we talk about the football and we talk about everything else uh, which is could might be weird to to them but other than that and like other than like some language barriers i say language barriers because we'll get we'll get onto that in a minute oh but, i've got a question about like, that uh, don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like music and football help. Football definitely helps. It's where I met my mates. Mm. Like, like I love my wife. I love her friends. But you need your own mates. Mm. And I made mine through football. And we all love football. Everyone supports a different team out of my mate, like my friend group. So it's just fun. Music as well. Like music is like just universal. You can sit down. You can go to any gig in the world and be like, it's a good song, isn't it? And the person next to you will be like, yeah, yeah, it is. And then, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you just start chatting away to each other. So it definitely helps you settle into a place. And especially, like, the sport culture here is huge. So many sports to choose from. It took a while to learn the rules of some of the sports. But yeah, I, I'm just a sports guy. So I'll sit down and chat away about any sport to anyone. So it really helps you settle in if you do like sports. Um, and you know, football is becoming a much bigger thing over here, especially with Pulisic now playing in the league, and there's Serginio Dest now at Barcelona, and mm. I, I can't remember the name of the other guy that's playing in Germany, but some of their main stars are now all playing in Europe, and like so Chelsea following here is really big. Like, it's yeah, it's just it, it's fun to sit down and just chat to someone and and, and share stories about how we grew up and how they grew up, like. My wife and I are always like saying like, "Wow, you guys did that when you were younger." Like, yeah, that's just what we did. Like, I I can't explain it. It's just, but yeah. Other than that, like, everyone's really nice, especially where I live. I live in the Midwest, where everyone's lovely and made some cracking friends. Yeah, man, it, it's really helped me settle in. I think. And from the football term, how do you feel when you get an, uh, a pro from the English game who comes to, to the MLS? Do you feel a little bit like, oh, I've got a little bit of knowledge about this guy? Do you know what I mean? Can you kind <laughs> of bridge that gap the other way when the, when the older statesmen of the game go to the MLS? Um, yes. I think, I don't know if you've watched any of the MLS. It's just a shocking league. Like, <laughs> they're, just, they're just like, they play, they play it. They all, every team plays like Burnley. And that's no like disrespect to Burnley fans, but hit the ball, run after it. Like, there's no silky passing. There's no skill level. But I completely get why some of our boys want to come here because they don't get asked to track back. They, you know, like the defenders are the defenders. There's none of this team play. The defender will get the ball and he'll just smash it as far as he can, and the attackers will chase the ball. So it's, I mean, it's like watching a year five game. To be honest, like. But I, I, it's, it's nice when a player does come over and like like when Wayne Rooney came over, like, well, I followed his whole career. Mm. So I, but again, like the knowledge, the Premier League is the most followed league over here. So when you get a Premier League fan, they really are a Premier League fan. They know everything about it. Mm. Just so it's easy to strike conversation up. That's good. Now, you mentioned a minute ago with coping with the American to English terminology. So I know in an earlier episode of the Songwriters Lounge, uh, a family member, which I'm going to say wasn't myself, called you out for saying vacation instead of holiday. Yep, a, was, how are you coping? Cousin, cousin Luke. Cousin Luke. <laughs> uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, here, I'd say it's just one of those things like you pick up on things and you, you learn. If I said the word holiday here, people will think I'm talking about Christmas yeah. or Easter or and like at first it's frustrating and you're like, ah, oh, it's, it's like when a kid's learning to speak and you can see them in their head, like they're screaming because they're frustrated because they can't communicate. You, you, I, I've often felt that here. And there's a, there's a funny story when I first came here and like my, my in-laws are lovely. Like you can find nicer people, nicer family. And we went away for the weekend somewhere and I was packing and I was like, oh, is it going to be cold? And my mother-in-law said, you know, you you probably want to bring a couple of shirts. And I kind of looked at Nikki, my wife, and I was like, oh, is it a posh place we're going to then? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can see the whole family is like, well, I was like, I wasn't going to bring any shirts, to be honest, maybe just a couple of T-shirts. I, like, 
And another, another one was like, I woke up one day and I was telling a story and I was like, oh, I was, you know, we went out last night. It was a lot of fun, like made some good mates. But, you know, I was knackered at the end of the night and they thought that meant naked. <laughs> <laughs> so like my mother-in-law again is like, you, you were naked? And I was like, oh, knackered. It means tired. Like, yeah, just things like that is is, is funny. But it, I mean, it works the other way around. Like, because a lot of my dad's side of the family is like as cockney as they can be. Yeah, yeah. So when Nikki first met, you know, the, the cockney side of the family, couldn't understand a word they were saying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, it's just, it goes both ways. Luckily, I can understand everything here. Unless you put like someone really Southern in front of me, I struggle because their accent is so thick and they have their own language almost but there's certain words that every now and then I'm like what does that mean and I've, I've come to be very open with if I don't understand something and as an adult it's really hard to be like sorry I what does that mean because you, you almost feel like well am I not as smart as these people yeah yeah but I've, I've come very open with the fact like what's that sorry because they abbreviate everything Everything is like, especially because work is such a big part of the, the, mm. the culture here. Everything has an abbreviation. So like, you'll be like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an XXYYY9. And you're like, <laughs> at first, I just go with it. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, that sounds good. And then like, just move on. But now I'm like, I don't have a clue what that is, mate. So care to explain? But everything is abbreviated. That's another thing that I noticed. Like EMT, see, like everything is like, has like three letters attached to it or two letters and they all know what it means and i'm like god i don't know i and and so i've got a lot of english mates here that are all the same they're like i don't know what that means mate and <laughs> you can see it's such shock in their eyes when you're like what is an emt they're like you don't know what an emt is you're like no of course i don't and like pa what is a pa to you uh well to me personally, it's either a personal assistant or an amp. Yeah, so same. Yeah. It's a personal assistant in a career. <laughs> but yeah, PA is an amp as well. But PA to me is personal assistant. So when I came here, PA here is physician's assistant, which is like a nurse, which takes seven to eight years of schooling. My sister-in-law is a PA. So when I came here and I was like, oh, what are you studying at college? You know, she's like, I'm studying to be a PA. And I just laughed and I was like, you don't need to study for that where I'm from. <laughs> like, you, you, it's one of those things you can just pick up in a day or two. Um, <laughs> she must have thought, what, what is the nursing like? You know, what you know, a yeah. prick. Yeah, <laughs> like, who is this guy? Uh, yeah, it's what one of those hospitals things. like in the UK? Wow. You don't <laughs> even need to try. Like, well, they'll let anyone in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, the language is, is fun. Like, it's constant as well there's always something i've been here three years and not a week goes by when we don't have a laugh about something and luckily i've got a lovely enough family that they do laugh about it now and like like you know they're always like do you have that in england and they're very thoughtful of if i can follow the conversation or not because it's hard sometimes when you know like everything has a different meaning and everything is this like they'll stop and be like you following this time and i'll be like oh yeah so far i think like, even three years in that still happens so i think it'll just be one of those things that's constant and like you know our kids one day will understand both sides which mm. is awesome but yeah it's 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 a funny one that's for sure especially if you've got like a good sense of humor which luckily we all do so we just have a good laugh about it now yeah i mean one of the reasons i think you know i asked you to do the show because obviously we're with family you've got such a great couple of podcasts out there like i like talking about but one thing i think's really important so so what inside the orange is about is about understanding people and kind of sometimes in business understanding people and sometimes you kind of go into a new business now i'm between jobs i'm starting a new job this week and when you go into a new job you feel alien you feel like nothing said what really highlights with your story is that that is life. You know, you've gone into mm -hmm. a new country, not a new company where there's a little bit of jargon here and there. You've gone into a completely new way of life. So how long do you think has it taken you to settle? Are you settled or 
do you think it will take you a bit longer to get completely settled in, in in this new kind of way of life? I think I think I've settled now. Um, there's a lot I miss about England. Um, you know, the sense of humour, miss that massively. Like we don't get offended by a thing, and you really like you realise that when you come somewhere like this, where the slightest comment is very offensive. Mm. But like where where I'm from, like you're like well. You know, you take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's banter. None of that here. None of that here. Unless you surround yourself with good people again and just like explain yourself. And there's been a couple of times where I've had to be like, I meant no offense by what I just said, by the way. Like I was just having a laugh. And as long as you're just open about it, and people obviously give me a lot of space because I'm English and I'm not from there. Like, oh well, yeah, of course he's from England. Um, but yeah, it took a long time, man. It took two years probably to get like to a point where I could like comfortably go anywhere. Like it, it sounds so ridiculous when you're like go anywhere without my wife, mm. but people still don't understand me when I speak. Even now I'll order something or I'll be on the phone to someone and they can't understand a word I say. Mm. And it, it, honestly, it's like I'm speaking Japanese. And as soon as my wife says it, like, Oh yeah, of course. Why don't you just <laughs> say that? Like that's exactly what I said. Um, can, I ju- can, I just, can I just interject? Can you imagine if the because one side of our family is very Geordie, uh, Newcastle based? Can you imagine very if you had to get over getting the Geordie accent over in Indianapolis? How would that cope? <laughs> well, one of my best mates here is Newcastle. <laughs> okay. He's a Geordie lad. How's he get on? And uh, oh, it's so funny. Like he'll look to us and say all his like all his jargon, you know, and like you can see that he's trying to dampen the accent down as soon as you order something like, Oh, can I have a beer please mate? And he'll turn to us. It's like, Oh, the tune. Yeah. yeah, I love just a beer. That's great. But you, you kind of do like everyone that's from England or Wales of my mates here are all the same. They're like, don't understand a word. I say, if you go for a drive through, nothing, forget about it. Like, I get the get I, I get the kind of impression. Uh, I'm going to say a film. I don't know if you've seen it, but Hot Fuzz, where they had the police film with Nicholas. Sorry, not Nicholas Pegg. So Simon Pegg. Yes, Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah where Frost, they have right, to get yeah. a translator for the guy that speaks in the country accent for everyone <laughs> to understand. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah. Someone looks to their left and says, "Yeah, no, you explain it." Yeah, it's weird, man. Because some people no problem, others all the problems in the world and and you can tell as soon as you start speaking like this guy has no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> but i can't stop talking now yeah. Yeah, uh, like, weird. Yeah. And, and everyone's so polite here so they're just like yeah yeah and you're like yeah he did not <laughs> understand i just asked him a question he's like yeah good yeah and like, they'll just like look around but they do try it, even like sometimes nikki my wife will be like what did you say I'm like what does that mean i'm like oh yeah sorry i completely yeah lost my train of thought there but yeah it is like it's one of those things where it can be uncomfortable going somewhere new and you're like they're not gonna understand me or like there's a, a one time like nikki's got two younger cousins one of them understood every word i said and was like wow you sound like a movie star and i was like oh cheers mate Caught, told me i sounded like peppa pig <laughs> i was like <laughs> thanks mate and then another one like i was like hey bud like you just building some lego there what are you building and i said two or three things to him and he just turned to his dad he went dad i don't understand him when he speaks <laughs> <laughs> and they're like you can't say that out loud i was like oh, that's funny what that doesn't offend me at all no i bet but you yeah look, it's just certain things no i bet you look something i am in america aren't i <laughs> we, yeah we speak so the like, same language <laughs> yeah this is the same language guys like i'm, I'm speaking it right if i want to <laughs> point that out <laughs> oh now you're opening a can of worms haven't you <laughs> but yeah man, it's funny like it's again like we're as an english people we, we just get it like we, we you know we're just very understanding like n- nothing will ever hurt my feelings nothing will ever insult me but you just have to laugh with some things like, oh yeah, that kid doesn't understand me. Better not speak to him again. You know, it's just like, he doesn't understand a word I'm saying. And it's, it's funny. But then like when they come to England, everyone gets it because we watch American movies and TV shows and they really do. A lot of people still think that the Queen's English is how we speak and act. Yeah. 
I think that's a and like, common misconception with a lot of people that come to live and work in the UK is they, they expect us to speak like that. And people who who I've worked with in the past coming over from countries like Romania, Poland, and they say, we don't, we, you don't speak like we thought you did. And it's like, yeah, I know, you know, you get su- yeah, we're yeah. such a regional place that's so many dialects. Also, like, you realise how aggressive we are as a people. Like, very few fights. I've never seen a fight. But you go out on a Friday, Saturday night, like, where we're from, you'll see two or three fights, probably. Especially in Luton, where I'm from. Like, awful place to go. Yeah. But, I it, think... and, and, sorry, I think, yeah. No, I was going to say, I think it's calmed down in the last three years. It must be you, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm riding people up, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and when you explain it to people like my family, I'll say like, wow, like they're just supportive of each other in school here. Mm. Whereas like, if you imagine, even we both went to the same high school, Harlington. Mm. If I was at Harlington and I started the debate club, I would have got punched in the face. Like, but it's very like, yeah, you're going to start a club. You can put it on your resume. That will help you in later life. Mm. Everything is about the career. Which is help, and uh, there's no bullying in the school that my wife went to. Like everyone was friends and friendly. I'm sure bullying does happen in, in some schools. She just went to a particularly good school, but that's one thing I noticed straight away that, mm. like, just how different it is. And it's nice you don't have to worry about getting your head kicked in wherever you go. Yeah. But on the other side, they have guns here, which scares the hell out of me. Mm. So, it, it, flip of the coin. Yeah, no, just yeah. As I say, it's uh, it, it's it, it it does depend where you live, doesn't it? I suppose you know there is there is the threat in a, in a lot of places, you know. And the main thing is you just you just treat people how you want to be treated. I find you know, and you just exactly. try and keep yourself going through through life. Spot on, yeah. That's it, absolutely, mate. So um, let's talk about going forward. Let's talk about futures and things. So, what's the plan with songwriters? So. Uh, one of the great reasons I love doing the podcast is there's literally billions of stories to tell across the world. Mm-hmm. And is that the same with music? Have you got an endless supply of what's out there? I mean, there's 40,000 new songs put on Spotify every day. Granted, some of them may or not be podcast material, mm-hmm. but you know the majority of them would be. So that's it equates to something like 14 million new songs a year just uploaded on Spotify. People are still doing this more and more every year. And it's just one of those, like, it interests me. So I was like, well, let's, let's, let's talk about it. And that's where the podcast evolved from. And hopefully it keeps growing because I'd love to, you know, take it to heights that I, I think it could reach. Andy and I are both open to the like any idea. We're just going with the flow. We've built a pretty nice size audience already just two months in and literally is all over the world and we've worked with artists all over the world like the only one we've got to tick off now is south america i think and then all the continents will be ticked off but i don't really know mate i'm not trying to think too much about the future with it and just kind of enjoy it Mm. and you know you have to have so many so many listeners to make a career out of things like this but it could one day evolve into that who knows like as long as you keep things consistent, things will grow. So we're having fun at the moment. I think it's such a cliche, but as soon as I don't find it fun anymore, I'll stop doing it. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that is that is such a, a, a best thing to do, really, because I think there's a lot of things that do get drawn out, not saying in podcast worlds, but in, in a lot of places, in a lot of kind of walks of life, people just do it because they feel they have to. And it becomes monotonous. It becomes a job. And when it becomes a job that you think, oh, I've got to go and do that, that's when it's time to go. But what I think you have got with music is it is ever-changing. It's ever kind of going out there. So while you can still pick up a guitar and it makes a sound, and while you can still hit a, a drum or sing a song, it's always, you know, you have got a market out there for it. And as I say, I've listened to you guys. I think you're, you're very good because it's nice to hear a, a podcast where you where you do openly talk about something you know it's it's no point putting a podcast on here and yeah that's great that's great what was it uh i don't know you actually do listen to the music and you you know you don't pull it apart but you analyze the music exactly. and that for people that think actually if i go on your 
your Facebook page or anything, people are still sending you stuff to look at, aren't they? All the time. Yeah. Constantly. And so you're not scaring anyone away. So I think, you know, it's absolutely fantastic you do that. And for me, I'd love you to keep doing it because, as, as I said, I watch it and that's why I wanted you on the show today, on my show today, to talk about it, really. Well, I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, as I said, and just opening it up to people that it, if you just put time and thought into releasing music, people will like it if you do it the correct way. And that's what we're trying to achieve is just find the right producer. If you can't produce music yourself, maybe it's not best to release the music that you're recording at home. Use it as a demo, send it to a producer, find someone that can help you because collaboration is key. And that's one thing that I learned in music a long time ago is everyone has to have questions Everyone has to want to learn new things to be good at, at being a music producer or even a songwriter. So where is there a safe place you can do that? There's not. So, you know, we have a Facebook group as well. And if you write songs, you know, there's no catch. You just join it. And then if you've got a, a question, no question is a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing is a stupid question. I don't care if it's the most basic, like, what does a piano look like? We want it like, you know, it needs to be a safe space to be like, well, this is a piano. Like, you don't have to feel bad about asking that question. No, as I said, like we, it's all about providing something for a community of people that, you know, may not everyone had the same upbringing. Mm. Not everyone had access to things that I might have had access to. And the ability to, to learn these things and make these friends. And, you know, I made a lot of my music friends through touring back in the band I was in. And it, not everyone can do that. So where are they going to meet their music friends in a safe space? And there's a lot of music and songwriting groups on Facebook. And, you know, we're just, we're just another one of them. But what we are is a safe space to share your music and get real connections with people and build real community, which is important. Absolutely. So you've been very non-committal with saying how long things are going to last, but where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? What do you want to try that's out there? Um, you know, I'd love to start doing something with music full time. And I think we're well on the right track, even though like Andy and I, we constantly talk about like how to improve and how to get out to more people. And, you know, like if you do things in a clever way again and just bounce ideas off people and, People will, this is one thing I've learned. People will always want to help you out. If I said, if I sent you an email later, Rich, and I was like, what do you think of this idea? You're not going to get back to me in an email and be like, I haven't got time to think about your ideas. Don't email me again. (laughs) Even if it's just like a quick, good idea, mate. Have you thought about doing this as well? Mm. Damn, no, I didn't. Thanks, mate. Like, and it sounds ridiculously simple and it is that simple. Mm. And people just need to get into the right frame of mind to do it because as you said earlier, you said, like this inside the orange is about mindset and and learning as people. And mm-hmm. you go to a new job, like you said, you do, you can't do that job yet. Like you sit down and you someone shows you how to do things, and you're in a safe space to be like, "Hey, how do you? What is this? I don't understand what this is." And the person is not going to be like, "No, you're thick. Mm. This guy needs to be fired." You know, like he's going to be like, "This is it." Maybe if you've asked too many times, then he has a case to be <laughs> yeah. like. No, this guy's not learning quickly enough. <laughs> but it's just all about community, collaboration. Mm. And I guess in 10 years' time, I'd love to be doing something not like, I don't want to be one of these like people that like pay a subscription and will, will help you with your songwriting because we're not trying to say that we're better songwriters or better than anyone. We're just trying to make... Mm community and just talk about things that people want to hear and I love the format of podcasts I listen to plenty myself and I just love learning new things especially about something that I care about so hopefully that is the message that people get when they listen like oh I would never have thought of that no I think that's really important mate and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head there you know it isn't about selling subscriptions for what it is it's you want to be those guys and I want to be that guy as well that when someone says I've got this issue I know where I can go and I know who will help me and it's that's that's how you need to do it as I say podcasts are talking into a microphone but they need to be conversations they need to be accessible for people to 
to feel that they want to change. And we're not sitting here in front of a brick wall saying, no, this is how we do it and it's right. But the idea of the podcast is, yeah, get involved, you know, get involved and do it. And again, you know, I can't rate you guys highly enough. I've listened to to your shows and yeah, it just for, for someone for someone like myself, I've never written a song in my life. Right. I've never written a song, but I can enjoy it and I can listen to what you guys have got to say. So I, you know, I ask my listeners, go and go and check it out. If you're interested in songwriters, even if you're not, even if you're just interested in music, check these guys out because they do care about music. And that is what comes across fundamentally with what you guys do. 100%. I'm glad that's what comes across because that's exactly what we try and attain to people to listen to and think we're not trying to be arrogant. Hmm. We're just, here's a song, let's listen to it. And let's make people feel open to the concept of these guys aren't being nasty. They're just saying, so what? I always say it on the section where we start critiquing. I'll say, this is not a critique. This is, if I was in the songwriting session or the production booth, this is what I would do. And to have people be like, that's a good idea. Or, nah, I kind of like it the way it is. Yeah. Everything is opinion. Yeah. Nothing is a bad idea, but people have different ears and different tastes and different ideas. So, you know, collaboration, man. And that's it. That's how it is. Well, as I say, it's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you today. As I say, you know, it's across across the pond, as it were. You know, we can see each other sure. uh, through the camera I've got in front of me here. But, uh, you know, keep doing what you are doing. You guys, as I say, you are making a difference. And again, the It's Pronounced Football with that podcast as well, it does talk to people, even people like me who know It's Pronounced Football because I'm from the UK where we call it that. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's good. And as I say, if it does just help someone else, someone else in your position even, someone else who has moved abroad, who needs that little bit of home comfort sometimes, you know, even if it just helps that sure. one person, it's absolutely fantastic. So, um, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, Pleasure. As I say, Pleasure, guys, uh, just just for, for uh, they've heard enough of me saying it. So, you, if you're happy to just give a couple of plugs of where they can find your work and and you know social medias as well, by all means. Sure. Yeah. So we're on like all the normal social medias: Instagram, Facebook. Songwriters Lounge is the music podcast and community. Everything you need to know, you could go to songwriterslounge.net. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can just type in Songwriters Lounge. We're the only one that comes up. Um, and then It's Pronounced Football is literally, that's what it's called. It's Pronounced Football. <laughs> Again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, you'll find us. Um, please reach out. Like If you have a question, love to hear it, answer it. And hey, I'd love to get you on the show. So just just reach out. No question is a bad question. Brilliant, mate. Thank you so much for your time today, buddy. And as always, with my guest, goodbye and take care. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, You too. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's show, then get in touch at insidethisorange at gmail.com. Find us at www.insidetheorange.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram on Inside the Orange or on Twitter at OrangeWatts. As always, if you do enjoy the podcast, please leave a like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Goodbye and take care.